Hi, I'm Elisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness, and I'm here with Don and Renee Wooster, two very special people in my life, to tell you about our marriage retreat, Reconnect. There was a time when my marriage was at a breaking point, and Don and Renee were a big part of helping my marriage when I wondered if it was beyond repair. And I'm excited to have them as our main speakers at this year's Reconnect Marriage Retreat. Here at Revelation Wellness, we're big believers in families, specifically marriage. Your marriage is a powerful tool for the kingdom. So it's not surprising that it's one of the enemy's primary ways to attack us. He wants to disconnect, divide, and separate the marriage union God has created for your good and His glory. And that's why we're taking marriages back and offering a place for spouses to reconnect, laugh, and rest together. Most of us are hoping to be seen and heard in our marriage, but we just don't really know where to start. So maybe you tried the marriage retreat in the past and they seem kind of cheesy, not that helpful. But we know that life is busy. It's hard to find time to connect between work and kids, but we really believe you deserve somebody in your corner, showing you real life ways to have an awesome marriage. We've been hosting marriage retreats for over 20 years that teach couples how to walk through their hurts in order to reconnect. Reconnect is designed to refresh your marriage, give you tools, hope, and a renewed sense of love for each other. Come as you are and plan to get the time, space, and rest that your marriage needs. During this retreat, you'll learn how to reconnect and renew not only your marriage, but also your thoughts and feelings that reside inside your body. So in true Rev style, we believe that in order to cultivate unity and connection in your marriage, it's important to bring our bodies to the conversation as well. So come, open your hearts and minds to the Lord and His love for you and your marriage. He wants to do a good work through it. Join us for our next Reconnect Weekend. Sign up today. Okay, friends, you just heard it. Signups are open for our virtual Reconnect Marriage Retreat, where we are inviting you to make intentional space for God to do His good work in your marriage. You can plan a weekend away, or you can walk through this retreat in the comfort of your living room. You have the freedom to choose whatever works for you and your spouse. Whichever way you choose, we know that you're going to experience a renewed sense of connection and a renewed sense of love with your spouse. And we are so excited to put this content in your hands. All of the details for our Reconnect Marriage Retreat are in the show notes. You can swipe up to learn more and sign up today. And now on to our Revving the Word episode. You know that we love to put these episodes in your hands. We love to move in community with you. We love to see how you move together in love and experience God with these episodes. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we will see you soon in all the places. Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. Can I tell you something just between you and me? All right, take some deep breaths. Relax your shoulders. Lift your chin. Maybe even 
puff your cheeks when you blow out some air like you're blowing out birthday candles. But then start to move that breath into your belly and your diaphragm. And exhale, blowing from there. Good. The fact that you have breath is a miracle. All right, so it's another revving the word. I would ask that you would mm, jump out of automatic pilot mode, get into childlike mode. What does that mean, Elisa? Well, children are curious and they're excited about the day. It's so cool, children have no regard for time, right? Remember my daughter would say, well, how long is that? How long until? <laughs> and I would have to count time in a measure of Dora the Explorer episodes. Well, it's like two Dora the Explorers. Okay, some sense of time. Right? Children think that the days are long, life is going to be forever. <laughs> so they spend their time being curious, asking questions, playing, eating, sleeping. It's a pretty simple life. And Jesus says that we're to enter the kingdom that way. Enter the kingdom, begin again, begin a new life like children. New life. A resurrected life. Start all over again. Today we're going to continue in our search of the scriptures of who Jesus says he is, the I am statements. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you. God, we don't say that like a polite thank you. We say that with a belly ache, groan and growl. Thank you. Thank you for being who you are, for coming and doing what we could not do for ourselves. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you that you completed the gospel for us. That we now have access to a new covenant that's fulfillment of the old covenant. That sin is costly. It's a price we could not afford to pay. But you did coming as the lamb to be sacrificed and take away the sins of the world. Thank you. So come now, Jesus. Holy Spirit, teach us who this Jesus is. And we don't want just knowledge of who he is. We want a knowing that causes us to remain, to abide, to be the beloved. 24-7, 365. So come have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to read our scripture today, but context. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. These are people that scripture says in John 11 
that Jesus loved very much. It says that in verse 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So I want you to see them right now. A little family that he loved. Martha is the busy one. Mary is the one who breaks open ointment on Jesus' feet. And Lazarus is the brother that dies. So Jesus hears that Lazarus is ill. And he says to, to, to Mary, or to Martha, and to all of them, that this illness does not lead to death, for it is the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Something better is going to happen. I know this looks bad, Martha and Mary, but something better is coming. And it says, because he loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Upon hearing this news, he stayed two days longer. He stayed where he was. He didn't go and run and chase after the problem. Something greater is coming. Verse 17 is where we're going to pick up our verse today. John 11, verse 17. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, think of this, Martha, the one that's always cleaning house, <laughs> she went and met him she ran after Jesus, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. This is the word of the Lord. steady, comfortably uncomfortable, 
you could do a lot less right now, but there's no need to do more. Use your holy imagination to get a peek at what's going on inside your body. Oxygen coming in through the pulmonary system, the lungs. Lungs are grabbing hold of cells, pushing out into the cells of your body, oxygenating the cells. Poor temperature coming up. Things are moving faster in you. There's a harmony, a symphony of life. Depending on how old you are, all your years of life on earth has led to this moment right now. The fact that you can open your eyes, blink, breathe, stay upright. Life. God saw fit to give you life. And it is a life that was always was meant to go on and on there'd be no death there'd be no separation like there is when death happens when death happens it's done there's no more dead than dead that's why I think this passage of Jesus saying who he is this one's harder for us because we have life and we don't know how precious it is until we're at the threshold of death. It's over. You've got X amount of time left, X amount of breaths to take, right? It's abstract until it's concrete. So if anyone here has ever been diagnosed with a deadly illness, you've tasted this. You've tasted death. But here you are, another day. I have never been diagnosed with a deadly illness. I've had loved ones diagnosed, and I have held their hand as they crossed over from this life to a new one. But I myself have never been in these shoes. These are... Shaquille O'Neal size gospel shoes. Death. So let's just move for a second. Ask the Holy Spirit to give us real perspective on what Martha and Mary were going through. And by the way, a lot of us have a hard time even sitting with death, letting it come upon us because we've never grieved the loss of a loved one who never grieved. I just got done interviewing John Eldridge and he was saying something to the effect, let me see when I wrote it down, hold on, hold on, unwell people are carrying around in their souls unprocessed grief, many unwell people are carrying around in their souls 
unprocessed grief. Holy Spirit, if we've never grieved something you want us to just feel, prick for a second, prick us. Grief, loss, kind of loss that it's like not just lost and found, lost. My mother died in October 2018. I have not seen her again. I have not touched her hand. I have not heard her voice. But yet, I know she lives. scale of one to ten be a nice moderate intensity seven you can close your mouth take a few breaths but eventually it just feels good to breathe through your mouth and your nose come on breathe through your nose life Now, Jesus did many signs and wonders, miracles, when he walked the earth. But this is a big one. He resurrects a man who is dead. And by the way, spoiler alert, it's exactly what he does. Because initially, from what I just read to you, he says who he is. I am the resurrection and the life, not some life, not a form of life, the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes shall never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And she says, yeah, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who's coming to the world. She actually didn't give them a clear answer. She's basically saying she still doesn't know what Jesus is about to do. Jesus goes on and he weeps. He runs into Mary. Mary sees Jesus and he comes to him. He says, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And then Jesus looks around sees everyone weeping, also the Jews, and he was deeply moved in his spirit, greatly troubled. He asks to see where Lazarus is laid, and he goes, verse 35, Jesus wept. John records the smallest scripture, well, John didn't know he was recording the smallest scripture later. When we numbered scripture for our sake, John 11:35. Want to memorize a Bible verse? This is your verse today. Ready? Get ready. Jesus wept. John 11:35. 
Jesus wept. This is our God. Isn't he amazing? He doesn't stand back and says, well, I'm too clean for this. He comes into the vortex of grief and he's wrapped up in it. He sees Martha, Mary, all the tears, the wailings, the sounds, and he weeps. I wonder if it's because Jesus knew pretty soon, this is me. Maybe. I know it would be me, because I tend to think about myself when I get into other people's circles. So Jesus weeps, but it doesn't end there. He calls Lazarus forth. Come on. He cries out, Lazarus, come out. Three words. And the man who dies comes out of the grave. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He is the resurrection. He is the life. And listen to me, what's interesting is that Ma Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, they were chosen for this assignment because to whom Jesus loves much, he knows he can do much. He knows he can trust them to do supernatural, heaven-kissing earth kind of things. The kingdom of God doesn't work like the kingdoms of this world. We must remember we're here to make heaven seen. So brave yourself, friends. Love much. And to whom God loves much and knows they love him, miracles. Heaven moves. I have a question. Are you willing to let God use your life and your circumstances like he did Lazarus? He is the resurrection and the life. an eight on a scale of one to ten. Get a little more effort. All right, now we don't want to make this scripture mean for us what it didn't mean then. This is literally a moment. A man is dead and then he's alive and witnesses saw Lazarus dead in a tomb for four days. Lazarus out. Now, I know I just asked you the questions. Are you willing to let God use your life and your circumstances like he did Lazarus? That's a shadow. That's like the secondary question of the big question. Life. We never die. Come on. 
nothing kills you. If you believe in him, though you die, you live. If we really believe this, I'm convinced if we saw this happen with our own two eyes, woo, we would be talking about Jesus everywhere we went because we wouldn't be afraid of a little persecution, a little judgment. Fear of man would fall off of us just like the binds, the strips of linen that were still on Lazarus. Unbind him and let him go, Jesus says. Life, wake up. You have life today. And even when you die, you have life. What can man do to you? Now I can ask you, what circumstance are you facing that seems death-defying? Because things that are alive don't need a resurrection. Only dead things. Jesus resurrects Lazarus, a sick man who became a dead man, and Jesus loved him. He says, I'm going to give Lazarus something even greater than a fish sandwich and sight. I'm going to touch Lazarus with my words. Lazarus come out and a life his life will rush upon him resurrection friends we just got done celebrating Easter it's so crazy we need to live every day as if the resurrection just happened each morning our faith in Jesus hinges on the resurrection Come on, pull back to a seven or remain an eight. Jesus considered Lazarus to be the one he could put through the same paces as Jesus himself was about to go through, minus the crucifixion. But the sadness, the grief, the loss, the confusion, frustration, the frustration that comes with someone you love dying, Jesus was permitting it. Why? So God could be glorified, so the kingdom could punch into earth. I would like to propose that the miracle of Lazarus, raising Lazarus from the dead, was the greatest miracle, sign and wonder that Jesus did in his earthly ministry. Because he's trying to seal the deal. You'll never die. Believe in me.
Whoever believes in me, though he dies, he lives. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Still Jesus' words. I'm asking you what Jesus asked Martha. Do you believe this? Do you believe you have eternal life? Verse 21, prior to him asking Martha the question, I love how Martha shows up, chases down Jesus. See, listen, this, this is when we need the Marys and the Marthas in the body of Christ. Initially, when we meet Martha, she's all busy and distracted. And Mary, her precious moment sister, seems to be doing the right thing, sitting at Jesus' feet. But now, Martha seems to be doing the better thing. She's going and looking for Jesus. Where is he? Where is he? And Mary cries. <laughs> we need the Marys and the Marthas. Verse 21. Martha says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But Martha, busy be Martha, she is finally getting, she gets it, that where Jesus is, is where life is found. Wherever Jesus is, is where life is found. Push to an eight. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you, Jesus. There's no doubt. Jesus is Martha's God. Is he yours? Your blood has paid my ransom. Your wounds have made me. Pull back. Push. Come on, have fun. Push. He is the resurrection. He is the life. What can this matter do to you? It's good news, friends. This is good news. Supremely good news. You don't die. Nothing can kill you. Indestructible. Afflicted but not crushed. Perplexed but not driven to despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying in our bodies the life of Jesus. Come on. Hey.
Verse 23, Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Martha's faith was limited to what she knew. Yeah, I know my brother's dead. Yeah, I know about this theology that there will be a resurrection day. Great, Jesus, that doesn't help me. I miss my brother right now. I can't wait till later. Martha's face was limited to what she knew, but not what Jesus wants to show her. Jesus wants to show her what happens for those who believe. Do you believe this? That whoever lives does not die. And though he live, come on, he never dies. Believing in Jesus means we never die. Think about that. Come on. Again, I told you, this just seems so distant to us until it doesn't. I think it's just the kindness of the Lord to leave a veil on us every day. We don't tend to think about death every day unless you have a foreboding spirit. And so right now, in Jesus' name, if you have a foreboding spirit, some thought that taunts you and says, you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die. In Jesus' name, go back to hell. Not you. That voice. Most of us don't think that way. Remember, we have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Back to Jesus being the good shepherd, the door. So we don't wake up every day thinking about death. That's a kindness. That's a grace of the Lord. Not until we're actually faced with it. And that's why trauma, capital T, trauma, any moment where you literally have have been scared for your life, where you have been abused, physically held against your will, or overwhelmed by life circumstances, a bomb goes off. You're just not ready for that. That's a kindness of the Lord. You don't need to worry about that until you do, until you worry about it. It's a whole nother paradigm. Come on. But we have resurrection life. Whoever believes in him shall live. Never dies. This is a miracle. Come on. I'm going to go quiet. Holy Spirit, come and give us a new life. We're asking for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit of your power that resurrects us right now where we are living like the walking dead. Awaken us. In Jesus' name, awaken us. If that is your cry, say, awaken me. I want you to hear the words of Jesus saying your name. Betty, come out. Jay, Janet, come out. Carrie, come out. 
say it. Say your name and the words come out. you if you're moving your body <laughs> what a miracle you're propelling yourself forward lifting the weight cleaning the counter come on you know why you have movement so you can bring good upon the earth and multiply it and for some of you right now it's that clean countertop that's good that's good some of you, it's that freshly cut lawn. That's good. You stand back and you say, that's good. You have life to increase good here. And when you sense bad news or that it's not good, something's dying, your pride, right? I always say, Following Jesus only costs you everything you never needed anyways. <laughs> Following Jesus will cost you the chains that you drag around. They're noisy. You'll hear them. One by one, he cuts the link until you are as free, truly free. The sons of God never die and they are truly free. This is a story of the power of believing in Jesus. We do not die. What a hope for those who have lost a loved one suddenly, tragically, or simply due to old age. We were never meant to die. Oh, the grief. It must cause God. When one of his image bearers die, and especially when they don't know him. Oh, and this is why God is not slow like some consider slow to be. He is long suffering. That everyone would know of him. That everyone has a chance. Friends, you have a heartbeat today. You have breath in your lungs to spread this good news. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. There is no reason to fear. Jesus is near. So what are we to do? First of all, when it comes to any foreboding circumstance, anything that seems like it's so far gone, it's not looking good, 
I don't know how to turn this thing around. Ready? Four things. First, pray. 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 Martha was praying as she was seeking Jesus. That's a prayer. She goes and says to him that my brother is ill, whom you love, Lazarus, he's ill. She's talking to Jesus, prayer. That's all it is. Talk to Jesus. Now see, she tells Jesus, and here's the deal. He doesn't act the way she expected him to. So after we pray, second thing, release. Let go, release. And then you're gonna need to grieve. Just grieve, just feel what you feel. Feeling sad doesn't mean you believe in a hopeless God. It just means it's sad. Jesus wept. And after you've grieved, and you've prayed. Resurrection comes. For some of us, it is literally a manifested, turnaround physical experience. That thing turned around. And for some, it dies according to what we see, but it crosses over into new life. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, and we thank you for the statement you say. You are the resurrection. You are the life. Use this teaching today, God, to change us, not just to have more knowledge of you, but to embody a bold and courageous faith to bring good upon the earth, to multiply good. We love you. Thank you for our breath that gives us life today. In Jesus' name, amen.